everyone. This is Ashley from goldengoddesses.org. And today in Earth Linear Time, it's Thursday, October 18th. And welcome to Threshold to Ascension Radio. We're almost through the week. We've made it through hump day, just one more day of that work week for those of you that work the nine to five. So just take a deep breath into your heart. And just breathe in the direct connection to source, to light, that all that you are. And let it fill your heart, nurturing and replenishing. And as you exhale at your own pace, just let go of any energy you've been carrying for anyone else. Anything that's not in this now moment. When we are in this now moment, in that breath, The universe opens up so many possibilities for us. We encourage you to stay in that space as we go through tonight's call. For some, it may trigger memories. For others, it may bring up joy. And just trust whatever that you're feeling. Tonight, my guest is a dear goddess, Tana Newberry, who I had the pleasure of meeting in Arizona at the International UFO Congress back in February of this year. Like many who meet Tana, they're engaged by her heart, her joy, her wisdom, and her light. She's a very talented gift to the planet, a contactee, a hybrid mother, galactic channel, an author, and also a film director. In fact, I had the pleasure of watching Tana's first film, Hybrid. It's a nine-minute short that she did just when she got out, or during school, or just when she got out, and we're going to ask her to talk about that in a moment. But Tana, welcome to the show. It's such a delight to have you here. Oh, thank you, and thank you for that heart-centered breath. I just put my hands over (laughs) my heart and got right in the present moment with you and with everyone, and Gosh, it just feels so good. All the events that transpire to make certain things that are of of so much um, light and beauty happen. It's just, it's a wonderful thing to be grateful for. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you. It is absolutely. I do want to start with you, you don't mind, with your movie Hybrid. Because you said it was an (laughs) award-winning movie. And, you know, it was kind of a development from your own experiences after your near-death experience. So talk a little bit about the movie and how it was received with the other people working on the film and then what it went on to do. Sure. Well, it's just a little modest student film because it was my first project Mm. many years ago. 
Um, but it, it didn't occur to me that you had to make in a film, you had to make a film with an antagonist. So uh, there is no <laughs> antagonist in this movie, which a lot of people found um, very interesting that they responded so well to it, even though it didn't follow a regular suit and standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it explored the idea of someone um, open and, and, you know, all, all college first films are about college students. So it's about a college student, <laughs> right? Who is um, receiving a transmission both visually and audibly, but it's unclear and he doesn't know what's going on. He starts experiencing things like telepathic, uh, you know, uh, hearings and he's hearing, you know, these thoughts and these things and he's thinking he's going crazy until another hybrid walks up, puts her hand on his forehead and helps him receive the transmission that he is special and that he has a mission. And part of it is to take care of each other and to grow with each other and that our collective destinies would be clearer in time until then we're to know that we're very loved and, and that, that being by our, our galactic star families. And so after receiving the transmission, he understands what he's been going through. And um, it's just a cute little meditative moment moment that in his monologue at the end talks about um, just how we just might find that we all wake up to knowing that we are quote unquote hybrids or of star origin. And that transmission when it comes through will help us, you know, understand our collective destinies and, and ultimately ascend. And so, um, yeah, it was just a a meditation on that, that idea. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think the antagonist is the feeling of not being able to have contact to that, right? That sense of, is he going crazy or not going crazy is what a lot of people who begin to awaken on their journey go through. And I love this, you know, at the end, dormant elements in the DNA awaken, right? And so that concept of the hybrid we're going to get to in a minute, your journey was kind of like that beginning stage of his school experience in that you had a very 3D life initially until choices that you made right and things that happened created a near-death experience in 2002 and just briefly because as you said there are other interviews that go into this in depth Mm -hmm. um can you talk about what happened in that moment and your great-grandmother i love that um connection that messenger yeah, and I actually just uh, finished a book that's published. I'm taking over with mm. me to the Stargate to the Cosmos conference and just next weekend here, I think I'm taking off um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I'm really excited to debut that. But it also, in that book, uh, goes into a, a little bit more detail than I've shared on the radio um, about my great-grandmother and the experience. But yes, long story short, I um, I found myself in a dark time at the end of an important relationship in my life, and I got kind of involved in uh, drug addiction for a a short few years. And the reason I was uh, basically rescued from that place that was so dark for me um, was because I had a near-death experience in that moment, uh, being in two places at once, both, you know, in the tunnel of light and in the room I was slipping in and out of the consciousness of, um, I experienced telepathic communication with the great grandmother, come to find out all the information that we had discussed for those three hours of what I could remember was real stuff that I wouldn't have known after having conversations with my mother and family members. And, um, it was in that moment I realized number one, um, 
how was I to know all of these things, even down to the wording and verbiage was repeated. And number two, um, you know, will I ever know what's real and what's not real if I don't clean up my life? So I immediately cleaned up my life, which just, it just completely set me on my path. But the thing is, is that these, the hearing my great grandmother and, and then other things beyond that and seeing things and knowing things, it didn't end. It was a result of the near death experience. And thus in that case, also one of the things I experienced during that time as my intuition and my psychic abilities were kind of peaking and happening is I was experiencing what would begin to be an initiation of the the contact protocol, right? I mean, sometimes it's like dream time, then physical, but the whole, the whole thing rolled out after that time. And yes, every, everything was pretty normal until then. And after that, it got not so normal. <laughs> so through, after that near-death experience and that you know, kind of choice point that you give were given or that your soul gave you mm-hmm. to make your psychic abilities, as you said, tuned in and you started doing sessions first with friends and then took it further. But it was actually a trip to Sedona, if I understand correctly, that solidified some of the physicality of your contact from the dream time experiences prior to that. Yeah, well, like some many others, sometimes a physical uh, UFO sighting can, uh, what my good friend Melinda Leslie likes mm-hmm. to say is kind of like unlock. It's the key that sometimes unlocks a load of details tucked away in your subconscious. So I had um, started, and I go into this in the book too, in a little bit more detail if anybody's curious, but it's it's basically where you know, like so many others, it starts in dream time. You're dreaming of UFOs three, four nights a week, right? And they're just popping into your dreams and interrupting your dream space. And and then you start having contact and, and having these like aboard craft scenarios or off-planet scenarios, but they're all kind of still in dream time. So the first time I had a very physical experience that again unlocked a lot of more a lot more detail and ultimately culminated into even more physical experiences to follow was a time that yes I was driving to um, Sedona and I was kind of just dozing off in the car and uh, not driving <laughs> and, uh, and and I just kind of I had dreamt of this stuff for years I was having all of these things happen in different levels of consciousness on on other than physical and I just said you know what I know you guys are here you guys are known for it you know I'm going to see my friend you know and and do and do some stuff out there we're going on a sacred site tour listen I know it might really freak me out and I don't know if I'm you know predispositioned to to not be you know prepared I might be a little afraid or whatever but I'd really 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 like to have an experience and see you and would you know that I traveled that night I had a rest the next night we went on our sacred site tours up into the Red Rocks and I would see what would be my first huge close-up mm-hmm. sighting. And of course, out of the three people with us, I was one of them, two other people, um, they were facing the other direction. Of and course. I was, <laughs> you know, it was it was like it flew by just for me with no mm. sense huge. And it just, just inconspicuous, just flew right by in between the rocks and then, you know, made its way and, and went on its merry way. And I was like, oh my goodness, I pinched myself. I, you know, did a little slap of the face and I said, let's not forget this is, real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love how you share that it's that heartfelt intention that you set, right? That helped to create in a way a communication link or telepathic link, however you want to verbiage it, that opened you up to that type of a contact. 
Yeah, I really meant it too. I mean, I think that's that's the important part. Number one, I meant it. Number two, I was ready. And number three, I believe I was, you know, initiating a discussion about one of those, you know, contracts that we talk about where exactly. we know what the parameters are. We know what the sacrifices are, if any. We know, if you want to think about it that way, uh, we know we know what we will grow and learn from it over whatever time period we we agree. And these contracts in, in many ways, shapes or form, not just ET contacts. I mean, we have contracts for everything, you know, right. uh, our, our twin flame stuff and our career stuff <laughs> and our, our everything stuff. So um, it, it was just something that I believe I negotiated at that time. And uh, for whatever reason, it happened. And I was so grateful for it um, because it really cleared up a lot of that. Am I crazy? Am I not crazy? Where is this going? What does this mean? And all of that. Mm. And, and it's kind of like, you know, when you, uh, when mediums like see a ghost for the first time or, or people, um, have other kinds of paranormal experiences that <laughs> are things that people don't know if they're real, like the consensus is we, it, the jury's out. Right. But then you have the experience and you're like, I'm sorry, there's no denying that anymore. <laughs> my, my very first actual clear audience in the room in my office when I fell asleep on the couch at two in the morning when there was no one else in the building right that was like the whoa this is this is undeniable and and a little yeah. startling at first and I, I love one of the things that you said is that your own process that you went through from that excited awake state with fear and dream time into actually being able to move past that anxiety or fear into that excitement. Can you talk a little bit about that and if anyone that takes your uh, psychic development classes, how you support them in moving through that? I know a lot of people really had that heartfelt intention to have contact, and yet whether it's a body survival or a genetic memory, this fear energy comes up. How in your psychic development classes have you helped people through that and how did you transpire through that before? Yeah, in my opinion, it just has to be whittled away at. So there's, there's a couple of things. There's, you know, intention, heartfelt intention. There's contracts. And then there's readiness. So when you hear some of these people talk about, and I've heard the term initiating contact protocol, which is, I think, a great way to describe um, that whittling process. Now, some people are at their different ends of the spectrum. Some people are more ready and they haven't even picked up a UFO book just because they're predispositioned by the way their brain processes information to integrate. And because that's an important part because it could be happening and you could not be integrating it and therefore not recognizing the experiences. And we're talking about actually recognizing experiences mm -hmm. in our beta state, knowing that we had them, having that validation. Um, because contact happens in all sorts of frequency brain states, and they're not always integrated into beta thinking that we can call them solid or real. So we'll go into that if you want. But but the thing is, is you have to just start wherever you start. You are who you are. You've got your own unique set of brain synapses that fire and, and fight or flight or this or that, and you've got your own scenario. So the thing is, is anybody, I think, can make progress in that initiation, that contact protocol. But it takes a while. I mean, even myself, I had to dream of UFOs three or four nights a week for like one to two years it was before I started remembering what was happening on the crafts because in my dreams I would see these crafts and all of a sudden I would freak out and I would run and hide. I'd know they were there for me and I had to like I had to get bored of that and then mm -hmm. eventually like I said 
at one part in my book, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, is there a flashlight I can flash at it? Do I throw a rock <laughs> at it? What do I do? I, I started getting like, I'm over it, guys. Like mm-hmm. you've been around forever. And whether that's your process or it's a different kind of integration process, it, it's it has to be in its perfect time. Now, the other thing, again, I will reiterate is that some you have to realize that contact, energetic information, downloads, contact is is basically happening on a more widespread mm-hmm. definition all of the time. But our thing that we're trying to do when we have our little beta frequency state awake, you know, do to do, do task, task oriented waking state life is we're trying to dissolve the barriers between what's happening in our subconscious, which is just as real. It's just, we're not paying attention to it. Right. And, and even in the theta state, which is in between like the dreaming and, and the relaxed state, or even, even that, um, Delta state where, where we are just like deep in meditation. Right. So contact can happen at all of these levels and it's only the beta ones we're paying attention to. It's, we just can't fit it in a box like that. So our goal alongside of having, um, you know, being ready for contact or whatever is to also do our part at dissolving the barriers and integrating more fully our entire consciousness, our entire awareness. And this is where psychic abilities come in, right? Starting to be attuned to more sensitive um, impulses, implications, and, and information so that we can start to call a spade a spade instead of trying to fit it in a box, you know? And I think that's really powerful and beautiful. And one of the things that I often teach people in the teleconference classes and when I do classes is first becoming aware of what your expectation of contact is mm-hmm. because the expectation also creates it creates an opening but it creates the barriers as well and then when you move past the expectation into some of the beautiful things you teach like automatic writing like the clear sentience like the clear audience and the understanding that contact can initiate in other levels, as you say, of the different brainwave states and can bring in a comfort level that allows it to expand beyond. I love how in your interview on Beyond the Strange, you were really acknowledging your contact in the dream time. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally believe that that is another level of consciousness. Yes, there are things that our subconscious works out, but it's not, from my perspective, to be discounted. It's to be looked at as a gateway. How would you talk about your journey through that dream time into where you are now? Well, what I like to think of is location, beta state or your waking state or the theta state or some craft or another planet. I like to think these as just non-local locations other than our own beta. That's kind of like our local location. But think of the movie Inception, okay? Mm-hmm. These were <laughs> landscapes, if you will, okay? And and uh, and believe me, because it's in Hollywood, our consciousness, we're already dreaming it up, we're integrating it, and it's not really dreaming it up or imagination, because there's no difference between where the imagination goes and where an intuition goes. It's the right side of the brain. So the point is, is we already know, even from these Hollywood movies, that just because a landscape, right, isn't real, right? We, we go on the, um, the internet, and we play video games mm-hmm. with people around the world. And even though the landscape in which we're interacting can be what we can consider virtual or even false, if you want to call it that, right? Or not our landscape, not the one real landscape. Are we not still connecting? Are we not still communicating? Are we not still exchanging thoughts and feelings and information? Are we not still doing that? So 
if you're just trying to say that an ET has to come into your room and tap you on the shoulder <laughs> and show you his like new version of the iPhone, you know, one million point two or whatever, and that's like time travel contact, are 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 you missing the point? Are you trying to to fit only a small tiny parameter of of what you know connection is really about and conversation and and integration is about. So the thing is is these beings they're they're multi-level, multi-frequency, multi-location. They're they're non-local and and we're not always going to meet them in our room. There's plenty of places to meet. We don't just stay in our house all day. It's boring. We go places. So that's my point is 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 it not still a real connection even if you don't if, assign the landscape as being your physical reality? Well, absolutely. And again, it's all dimensions and everything is created from that thought and that energy anyway. So who's to define what's real, a real landscape and what's not? You know, what is the the parameter that we put into that? And so when we look multidimensionally, there are the potentials to, to meet in all sorts of realms. And so in your book, not every psychic is a contactee, but every contactee is a psychic, which I love, the beautiful title. Hopefully I got it right. But <laughs> what, what brought you into birthing that? Was it from the courses or how did that come to be? Well, I think one of the first things I say in the book is that there's there's few things that are more that I'm more passionate about than like psychic development and ET contact. So because I I'm a Virgo, I'm very practical. I love logistics. <laughs> I love processes and 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 protocols and all of that. So in my years and years of wanting to teach people that they have access to information and because I was noticing, you know, I, mine's a little like louder and abrupt and I had to like deal with it and, and, you know, hone it in and figure out what was going on. But everybody really gets this information all the time. And you'd be surprised how many people come to my class totally kind of scared. I don't know why, but they're like, I can't do this. I've never done anything like this before. And then all of a sudden they're pulling out detail that is like specific. And the reason why is because you just have to put yourself in a position where you try and then, mm -hmm. and hopefully also have a safe space where the information can go and sort of be, uh, you know, validated or checked in with. And so you can calibrate too, because no one's going to get it perfect the right time. You have to know thyself. That takes a minute, you know, but, but everyone really can do this stuff. And I became so passionate about proving that to people that I started doing psychic development classes of all kinds. And I teach card classes. I teach cold reading classes. I teach tools. I teach um, just a, a multitude of different ways of connecting. And I, I jokingly said, I'm going to write a book about like 1 million ways to be psychic because you could pick up anything. You could pick up <laughs> business cards and tune in with your intuition and let, you know, the, the upside or the, the backside t talk to you, you know? So it doesn't really matter what process you use it's it's really innate and I got I got really interested in that but the and thing so, is yeah it correlates the ET contact and the psychic mm -hmm. development and so well, I want to first address it from the people coming to your classes that perhaps are interested in having contact and then how you correlate those that have had contact with expanded psychic abilities so you mentioned that fear of I can't do it is that the biggest um, opportunity people have is to move past that? Or what would you say is, is the biggest block that is really not a block once we move past it? Well, first of all, people have to do two things, in my opinion. One is you have to go 
take the time and space. You have to put yourself <laughs> in a situation where you can have the experience. You have to you have to treat it like, you know, something on your schedule. You have to schedule it. You have to go. And that's why I think classes and it's not really about me teaching mm. all the time. It's just about getting together. Like, you know that you get goddesses together all the time and right. the energy that it creates is opportunity for, for this to happen. So that's a huge part of it. You have to, you have to do the time, right? Um, the next part of it is what I, I highly, highly, highly really, you know, not try to push upon my students, but impose upon my students is that you have to suspend disbelief. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kids, you know, pretend that they're firemen and they don't care at all that they're not right. They just play. And then afterwards they have a great time. So what I tell people is don't overthink the experience while you're in it, have the experience, go all in, do the whole experience, like really, really immerse yourself and really take a shot at this stuff. And then afterwards you can judge it. Like you have, you know, forever to judge it or <laughs> criticize it or whatever, but, but just like wait five minutes before you do that and jump right in and, and just don't have that human brain start going, Oh, that was crazy. Oh, that's not real. Oh, I made that up. You know, just, just put it to rest for like five minutes, have the experience and, and then you can calibrate afterwards. But people find that when they do that, it, they have the most profound experiences with, with access to the information. Now you're currently located in Benicia outside of San Francisco Bay Area and you do your courses there and you do your night watch there and you also travel quite a bit as well. Um, you're going to be in Albuquerque as you said at the sacred, nope that's your thing coming up, sorry, at the event coming up. Dark um, to the cosmos. There you go. Albuquerque, yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming up the 20, 25th of the 28th. Susie Hansen is going to be there. She's adorable. Yeah. I, she's just such an amazing being. And then you're also doing a sacred connection retreat in 2019 in Sedona. Um, do you want to just talk really briefly about that? Sure. So I'm doing um, actually retreats January, February, March, April, May, uh, and June. And um, they're all in different things. And the ones, most most of them, other than just that one you mentioned just mm -hmm. now, which I'll get to, most of the other ones are near me in Arnold, which is a beautiful little foresty town. And um, it's at a bed and breakfast. That it's very exclusive. We have 10 participants. They feed you. They even send you a little smoothie on your way home. And it's just really immersive with a small group. And so I have topics um, from Reiki certification because I do work with energy and also, um, you know, card reading, cold reading, uh, reading with tools. And I have an ET one where we're going to focus specifically on getting information from our star origins and families. And then I have one that is um, about trans channeling to actually teach you to do it. But the one in Sedona that you're mentioning is the, is the biggest one I have on, on the docket. So I have a friend of mine, Linda Grindel, who has gotten quite popular on famous or famous and popular on YouTube because she does readings on politics, believe it or not. Mm. And she, she actually is, is quite a, um, loving force in, in all of it. And, um, a lot of people respond to her thoughts and her predictions and things like that. So she has kind of blown up and I help her and I assist her with some of the more logistic parts of her business because I'm younger and more savvy on the internet. So <laughs> she's, a, and she's a very good friend. So we're actually getting together, not only her, but myself, Melinda, Leslie, Geraldine Orozco, and, 
um, also uh, Misha Johnston. And and we are going to Sedona. We have 100 people at this retreat. We actually, I think, only have 20 tickets left. And um, it's going to be a long weekend. And we're doing everything from the UFO watching to the psychic development. Melinda Leslie's doing a spoon bending class <laughs> uh, where she actually teaches people the concept and the process that, that once cultivated or some people show a, a, a very good ability for it even right away, um, you know, the telekinesis stuff. So mm-hmm. we're just having a wonderful spiritual time. We'll be focusing on ourselves. We'll do Tai Chi, silent meditations. It's just, it's the works. So um, well, that'll be real fun. Is that it's not exclusive to, to women, but I just love that you and, and Misha and Melinda and Geraldine coming forward are bringing another level of energy to the UFO community and an energy that I'm not saying that the men don't have that. I'm not a male basher. The divine masculine is stunning, but I think there's this, this birthing coming up of another level of contact connection, connecting in with our star family. We'll talk about the um, hybrid children after the break, but I really want to celebrate you and your, your tribe for bringing that beautiful energy forward. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's um, it is a wonderful opportunity for all of us to get together and do what we love and share it, and hopefully just raise more consciousness. And whatever mm. people want to do with it is totally fine. But but at least they'll have the option if they've been shown something that they didn't know before, and 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 have that have that opportunity to expand. We're going to take a short commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about that hybrid motherhood and the hybrid children. So we we'll back to step of this thirty second break. I'm Chief Joseph, and I'd like to talk with you about a product called Stop Itch. It's an all-natural product that stops itching and scratching instantly. From all types of rashes, including eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, poison oak, all bug bites, and it's safe for kids and babies of all ages. And for a limited time, it's half off at www.theskingod.com or 888-391-5432. Thank you. So just before we went on the break, I mentioned that that your journey developed from your opening your psychic abilities into having your dream experiences and then your first physical UFO sighting and then beginning to go into your other aspects of the journey. And, and one of the things that's very near and dear to you because of your own experiences is the hybrid children situation. How did you first become aware of your connection with that aspect of contact? Well, I had been dreaming of, you know, the the medical procedures and, and things that seemed awful, um, like things that would interact with my monthly cycle and all these things. And I just, to be honest, I don't know what my problem was, but I just didn't put it together. Like, I, I just... I was like, oh, that was weird, you know, or, oh, that was an interesting thing. It must just be, you know, some sort of medical blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't thinking about hybrid children. I had not yet accessed that part of my subconscious. And to be honest, it was almost like there was a bit of a block there because why Mm. didn't I make that connection (laughs) until I was ready? But I actually, um, and and I have not met Bridget Nielsen, but um, I have done a couple of her little classes in the years past. Um, But Bridget Nielsen is just another person on the scene who, who I'm not friends with. I don't know her, but she has some very powerful videos that she shared uh, a while back about um, the hybrid children. She's got like a website out, whatever. And uh, so I, had listened to her her story 
once uh, where she was telling a, a story of a hybrid presentation where she was shown a child that was basically indicated as having her DNA. And I I watched this video and I had the most strong reaction. Mm. I started bawling and crying and, and I felt my heart and my gut just so full and tangible. The only thing I could feel was my heart and my gut. And I just, I had this overwhelming response of, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for, but still didn't put it together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still didn't know I had children, right? I was just like, I don't know why I'm so moved, but I'm moved. Well, that night, I believe I, I, it might've even been that particular night. um, I had shortly after my first hybrid presentation where I was shown a child that it was like telepathically acknowledged as my own. I have this um, story in the book, the hybrid presentation part of it. And, and it basically said, I was like, Oh, well, of course this is what's happening. Of course, this is the end game of all of these scenarios. But in my um, dream time before that, I found myself in groups of women, um, calculating rhythms and cycles, if you know what I mean. And then also, you know, medical procedures and things like this, but it really, I have to say, I don't know if we'll get into more detail about this aspect in general, but most of my hybrid experiences, including medical type of, uh, examinations or what have you, they all felt, um, not, not scary and non-invasive. And so that's mm-hmm. something that's very interesting about my story. Whereas some people have different experiences and I honor those, but, but mine has always been, um, quite expansive and enjoyable for me. It's added a lot of joy. And so seeing this child really changed everything I had access to and memories started flooding back and new experiences were now able to be integrated after having them. And we'll go into more detail on this in the after the show that will be available on YouTube. But what new experiences opened up after you acknowledged that you had hybrid children because it seems to be more than one? Yeah. So, um, what other experiences I, I've got to visit because of my, I really believe that with my hybrid program, you see, you have to understand that every hybrid Mm -hmm. mother or father might have a number of different contracts, right? Which involve them with different groups of star beings that might be doing the the work. And I'm not saying every, every contract is in place and people, people get really Mm -hmm. sensitive sometimes about what they're agreeing to and what they're not. So I'm not trying to discount that at all. But what I am saying is that for me, the group that I seem to work with the most was a group of, of actual hybrids carrying on more hybrid work. And so I would go to one craft in particular quite often. And most of my presentations were on this craft. And so one of the things that also happened was becoming aware of what those kind of crafts were like. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what was there, what was on it? And I'll just sum it up for you, Ashley. It was like a recreational cruise ship with a whole <laughs> department for genetics. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, it really felt like the children were well taken care of. They were, they had recreational activities. Everyone's life was really full. Um, they had excellent care because they had a mission and that was all about the integration of species 
but every little child that was done, you know, a little differently was unique and honored. And I felt that they were cared for. And this just made me feel so good after seeing children and knowing that I can't be with them. Right. Cause that's mm. really tough for hybrid parents. It's, it mm-hmm. strikes a real chord. Um, but, but in my case, the crafts that I were, was actually visiting, um, when I met these children, they just, they seemed like they were having a good time. What can you say? I mean, they seemed well taken care of. Now we hear a lot about the hybrid mothers, but in the excerpt that you sent me from the book, it also talks about the hybrid father. Mm -hmm. Um, what has been your experience in counseling contactees or doing the readings with the ET experience or cards or in your own awareness of being in the hybrid presentation craft of the role of the hybrid human father in these genetics? Well, if the human father has allowed themselves and let me say this again, because, well, it's it's part the ETs allowing, but really has a lot to do with allowing themselves the honor of integrating this information. Because remember, sometimes mm-hmm. the male involvement um, can strike a chord with, with them. Some men are very sensitive about the processes that take place when the genetic work is done itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, a, if a, a man has allowed themselves, just like a woman to integrate and accept the knowledge of this program, then they have the opportunity eventually to have these hybrid presentations and be able to, to reach that level of awareness of their involvement. And so what I have found is that the men who have met their hybrid children, because mm. I've, I have read uh, many of them, um, the men who have met their hyd- hybrid children are in no way different than the hybrid mothers that you see mm pouring their hearts out about these children that they held. And I just wanted to keep this child. And why can't I have this child? And I, 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 you know, how is this child doing? I want to see this child again. I just had a gentleman over at the UFO watchtower in Colorado that I did a reading with. And he was really, really, really just like, how can I see my hybrid child again? I miss my son. Mm-hmm. I miss my son. And I said, you know, I know, I know, cause this happens. And so, um, there are a, a couple of things that I do actually have in my book about like how to maybe just give yourself a little bit of an extra chance at, at experiencing a, um, a, a hybrid presentation. Now, this is, again, assuming that you've integrated, that you are part of the program and you've done the necessary, you know, steps, <laughs> if you will, to, to right. have that protocol. But there are some things, in my opinion, that you can do. Can you mention just one? I know that there's much more in your book and we don't have as much time as we'd like, but what is one key thing that you would recommend, whether it's a hybrid mother or a hybrid father who has that interest in understanding more? Maybe they think they're a hybrid parent, but they haven't had that um, impact that makes it conclusive for them. Yes. One of my favorite things that's really, really easy to do that you can do like five minutes from now is you can go on Google and you can uh, look up things like hybrid children, children with large eyes and and find these graphic art, these pleasant graphic art renditions. I mean, please just pay attention to the beautiful ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but, but go look at these oddly, uh, you know, eye shaped or face shaped children 
and sense how your heart is connecting with that feeling of otherness, a child that is otherness and still beautiful and gorgeous. Because I tell you, the moment you look at some of this imagery, you will get flooded with feelings and knowings. And even if you don't quite understand, it could be just what you need to get heart centered about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's one of my favorite easy one, two, three, you can do it right away type of, um, you know, things to initiate that. And then if people want to be in touch with you, if they feel they've had one of these experiences and would like to delve deeper into it through your Oracle card readings and the other offers that you have, how would they be in touch with you? My website is www.tannanewberry.com. I have another website for my UFO night watches, which is ufonightwatch.com. But the tannanewberry.com will get you to my regular old, what I call muggle readings. Those are like the, the non-magical uh, <laughs> from Harry Potter. Uh, my muggle readings and, my, and then my ET experience readings and everything else I do in the psychic development um, teaching and retreat realm is on that website. Now, we've talked about the hybrid children that are on the craft. Have you yet encountered one of your hybrid children who has come to the planet? You know, in your movie, Hybrid, your first student project, it's more about the hybrid who's here on the earth plane. Whether it's your child or someone else, have you felt you've had an encounter with a hybrid that perhaps was gestated on one of those crafts but then came to earth? I have not yet had yet. <laughs> a child because I know that this is absolutely possible. I, I have not yet had a child walk up to me and me know that it was mine um, mm -hmm. in some way. I have, however, interacted with many children of a very high starseed integration within their DNA. And you can tell, I mean, these children that are coming, there's oh, yeah. every time the generations, every day we're getting these new amazing souls. I have, however, and this will blow some people's minds. I have, however, had someone come up to me and tell me that they were my hybrid mother. Ooh. I have had that situation. And, and did that other, person resonate? That person did resonate. Mm. I, I, I hadn't understood exactly how, but the other interesting thing is this person was of the same age as me. Mm -hmm. So it really, it's an exercise for the mind, right? Because we right. know this, but we have to apply that learning and really conceptualize <laughs> it. When this work is done outside of our space and time or in another reality, can it be implanted into different places on the timeline? Well, of course, of course right? Of course, right? This is the basis of each of, each of our little mixture of soul, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's just another way to exercise our mind to be non-linear, right? So, yes, I have had someone say I was their hybrid child, and and they felt really silly for telling me. And then when I t when they when they told me, I said, you know that that's like a thing like, <laughs> like that's possible you know that right <laughs> so. now we we talk about your book right and it talks about the psychic development and it talks about that connection between contactee hybrid and the psychic abilities and you've mentioned one trait that you seem to find consistent in people that have had contact experience as far as their um clairvoyant their 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 abilities to tune in. Um, and you were going to do a sh little exercise with that. Are you comfortable doing that now? Absolutely. So um, what I can share with you is that a wide, wide, wide uh, 
uh, interaction in my readings when I do with people and my, my psychic development classes with ET contactees, there is an overwhelming response to the clairaudient and telepathic abilities. Now, the reason I find this so fascinating and I love it so much is because when I have muggle students, like I said, right? <laughs> non, <laughs> I, this is a loving word. I, I don't mean it worse than or anything. It's just people who don't identify with like having the ET phenomena as part of their life um, contact. Uh, they have a very, very small number of people who respond to or initially have a predisposition for clairaudience or telepathic abilities, hearing words, phrases, sentences, things unfolding, beginning, middle to end. So isn't this interesting that we have all these contact experiences where the ETs are telepathically talking to us and you get a bunch of ET contactees in the group and all they want to do is have telepathy. <laughs> um, you know, you, you put them in a psychic development group and they don't see, they don't, they don't feel, no, they do those things too, but they predominantly hear. And so if you are someone who identifies as, you know, being part of the ET contact phenomena, you have contact or you've had experiences, you're an experiencer, you've seen UFOs, you can bet that you're probably one of those who have a predisposition because of the cultivation, could be the chicken or the egg or, the, you know, cultivation, that, that you have this ability to more profoundly have a telepathic and clairaudient experience. So... So yeah, what I was going to share is is uh, an exercise how you can um, either kind of quickly day to day kind of do this or really sit with it in a long period of time, like an hour, and and really build upon the initial message and turn it into a huge transmission. So this is something you can do anytime you're kind of by yourself, okay? Because you, you don't want to be distra distracted with people talking to you. We don't need another person for this because we are going to intend to contact your ET spirit guides. And there are other things you can do to kind of connect to who it is or uh, where are they from, right? There's all these things. But if you just want to get a message and just raise your vibration, get heart center, just like we did at the beginning of the show, you know, if you feel comfortable doing like white light around your protection, you could totally do that. Just get to where your vibration is high, feeling good and feeling powerful. Okay. And from there, you want to just set an intention like I did in the car before I saw my craft. Hey, I'd really like to have an experience. I'd love to just have a hello from, let's say, my star family. Okay. And this actually works in connection with any type of being, but let's choose our star family. So the first thing we're going to do, and if you'll allow me, Ashley, to, to have a moment of silence on the air for just maybe 10 seconds, I'd like people to just try in this 10 seconds to listen to all the sounds of their environment, become intimate with them, and really, really breathe them in, like, like hear even the smallest of sounds that you haven't been paying attention to for the past five hours. So take that just a quick moment and listen for all the sounds in your environment. And ultimately, when you do this outside of our show, <laughs> you might want to spend longer on that, right? Um, and it even works great with uh, locations of people watching because there are lots of sounds and you could just go from one sound to get intimate with it and another sound and another sound and another sound. So after that moment, you would open up your imagination, not the opposite of real. It's the same side of the brain that gets intuitive information and that psychic information and the imagination. So what I'm going to ask you to do 
And Ashley, maybe you can do this with me and we can both kind of like actually be uh, the example is I'd like you to focus on hearing one word. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay. Just one word that comes to you intend to connect to your star family. Okay. Okay. I have my word. My word is beautiful. What is your word, Ashley? Joy. Joy. I love it. Okay. So now what we're going to do, Ashley, is we are going to listen for a few words. Okay. Either before or after, maybe, maybe it ends up being two, three or four words. It's going to expand on the word joy for you and the word beautiful for me. Okay. Okay. Mine is that it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time. What is yours? I got joy of reunion, trust. Mm, I love it. Okay. Now we're going to expand that message into an entire sentence, a a, a sentence that that has a beginning, middle, and end, and for all intents and purposes is is like an English sentence, something that is coherent and makes sense. Okay. It has to be a sentence, a, a conversational piece. Okay. So now let's expand those thoughts that we have and turn it into a sentence. Okay. So you're just going to hear that in your mind. Okay, wonderful. And so I'm hearing it's a beautiful time to free yourself. Okay, what is what is what you're hearing? So it was joy of reunion. And then it was trust yourself. Trust yourself. Okay, now we're going to spend just the one last step saying, do we hear any other words that need to be stated within this statement? Okay, so we can open up to another sentence or just another word that we want to tweak or or some other way that it wants to communicate itself. One more time. Okay, so mine is, it's a beautiful time to free yourself from fear. Mm. Okay, that's that's what my star family is telling me. And that's, that's actually hitting very close to home because I'm about to do one of my first <laughs> big lectures at this conference. <laughs> and I'm a little freaked out about it, actually, to be, to be quite honest. So it's just another reminder that my star family is saying it's a beautiful time to let go of fear. And it also relates to all the topics we're, we're, we've stated Absolutely. today. So for you, what was your transmission? Well, it really was joy of reunion, trust yourself. And then I, I just felt this overwhelming love. So I didn't actually get another word, but I just felt this overwhelming love frequency. Yes. So you can actually do this over and over and over and expand and obviously write it down and record it um, because we we have to do that in order to, um, you know, complete the process of channeling. And can I say, Ashley, if we have time, I actually pulled a card for the show today. I was going to say that leads in perfectly to the card you pulled. So please do. <laughs> I did. I pulled a card for the show today. Now I have a, a, a deck. So mm. I, I told this story on another radio show, so I won't go into it, but I, I made an ET Oracle deck because I didn't find anything that was really allowing me to get the detail that I wanted out of a deck um, for ET experiencer readings to check in on their contact and their experiences to, to help shine light on some of the details that were harder to understand. So I was using these other decks and it was like, blessings and manifestation. I'm like, I can't work with this. I need something. I need something more for us, you know? So I, I just made it. And, um, this deck is, is really beautiful. And the card that comes up for us today is cosmic channel. And it's about ET guides can speak through you. And it's so appropriate to talk, talk about when we, you know, uh, go into this telepathic exercise quickly say that we actually pulled this for the listener. So all of you listening, this was yes. the intention for a message for you. It's not a message just for Tana and myself. So please right. explain, please go into the card, Tana. Thank you. 
Right. So the process of, of connecting and having like contact experiences is also in our own hands because we have to receive, again, there's so many different ways to have contact. There's the dream time, there's the physical, there's the telepathic, there's the feelings like you just received, Ashley. Mm -hmm. Right. But the thing is, is a true process of channeling is something that is outside of us that comes inside of us and then goes outside of us again. So the purpose of that would be a handoff, right? From that <laughs> plane to our own. And so it's it's asking us to do our part either for the benefit of us or the benefit of those around us we want to share with to take our our inspired thoughts like this this message we just got telepathically and and to put it down and make it available to yourself or to the other people you want to share with so it needs to be acknowledged and integrated and put here in this plane well and you talk about um the different levels of communication that you teach in your spiritual development classes or assist people in remembering, you know, the, the automatic writing, right, the channeling, all of those different ways that information comes through. And just like a dream, although you have really powerful memory of your dreams, I've heard you share, but for many of us, writing it down brings it and anchors it more. So that cosmic channel will show the card when we get to our after the show that will be on YouTube. But I would like the listeners to take that in and to take in all the beautiful um, wisdom that Tana has shared about how her own journey has unfolded and apply it to your journey of, of it's, it's that commitment to stick with it, right? Understanding that it was a while for Tana from those dreams until she actually was able to begin consciously interacting. And I think it's a beautiful message that you share for people, Tana. How would you like to kind of fold in your heartfelt suggestions to the listeners on their next steps? It's all about willingness to to have the experience and then an openness mm -hmm. to define the experience because you can't compare your experience with another necessarily. Um, maybe a, a whole body of experiences you can find similarities in, but if you're looking at the person to your left, the person to your right who's having contact this way or that way, it's just not the only option. There's many pages on the catalog. You know, there's so many different things and ways to order up this experience. And um, just, to, just to not have to just, Fit it in a box of real or not real, physical or not physical. <laughs> Open up and you'll have the experience you're looking for in the way it's supposed to happen for you. And then you tune in and know how it, how much validation you can give it because it'll ring really, really true for you. And so have the experience, suspend disbelief, be willing, do the work, do the time. Time. It's okay. It takes a minute. Um, but but enjoy the ride and look for the joy in it because there's so much expansion available and we need to ascend. We need to awaken. We need to leave this matrix and, and create the world that we want in a conscious manner. And, and the ET experience is, is a part of that. Absolutely. Beautifully said. So for those of you, Tana has kindly offered to give away both a beautiful, I have um, a, a beautiful set of her cards, the ET Experiencer Oracle deck as one giveaway. The other is her book, Not All Psychics Are Contactees, But All Contactees Are Psychic. So the answer to the show question is, what is the card that 
Tana pulled. And once again, Tana, if you want to repeat what the card is. Mm-hmm. The card is called Cosmic Channel. <laughs> Perfect. And so your websites and how people can contact you before we close tonight. And again, we will continue on the after the show. But I want to make sure that you just reiterate where you're going to be coming up in a couple of weeks or a week. And then your website, please. Yeah, so my website is www.tannanewberry.com. The UFO Night Watches, which we didn't talk about, but are available mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, is www.ufonightwatch.com. And my latest uh, project is going to be debuting <laughs> over in Albuquerque, New Mexico at Stargate to the Cosmos. There's still some tickets left. It's a huge, awesome um, conference thrown by Janet and Sasha Lesson and should be a great time if you can uh, get out there. Now, I know we're almost out of time, but I just want to mention um, where, your book, other than at the conference, where will it be available? I didn't see it on your site, but it might be there and I just missed it. No, I, I actually have to update That's it. It'll right. take a day or two for you to do that. But it is available on Amazon. Perfect. So um, you can actually go to Amazon and shortly it will be available in an ebook form too. So thank you, Tana, so much for sharing your heart and sharing your contact experience and your wisdom and your guidance. It's an honor to have you here. And listeners, just once again, just breathe into your heart. And just feel in your heart that you have connection to multidimensional beings who honor you and see you. To feel that joy of reunion and to trust yourself. Mahalo Nui Loa. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you, Tana. Thank you. Mm-hmm.